What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, and we are back for another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode number 34? 34? We're on 34. Episode 34, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are all far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I am so glad you are here with me. I am Jesse Holly, the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. And you know what you have to do. Like, subscribe, hit that notification button so that you never miss an episode of Unfiltered. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we are here. 34 of them episodes, man. If this is your first time ever being here, I appreciate you. But here's what I need you guys to do. Like, like listen, subscribe, share, Apple, Spotify, all those great places where I know that you can do. You know how I like to get down? I like to give my motivation at the beginning because if we're being honest, most of you won't be here to the end. And that's okay. I'm not for everybody. But before you decide that you don't want to be here, give me three listens, 15 minutes apiece. If you do not like it after then, find three more shows to listen to for 15 minutes apiece. I promise you, you will fall in love with Unfiltered. We got 34 of them things. By the time y'all see this, it'll be 34. What a fantastic place to be. All right, here we go, man. To get this off the top, the motivation, I like to say that I live by this. And I hope that, that you adopt this way of living. Uh, this is a quote from Martha Bett. And it says, how you do anything is how you do everything. There should be a level of consistency in your life and, and a, a level of greatness in the way that you approach things. People should know you by the consistency. People should know you by your level of accountability. People should know you by your level of responsibility. People should know you by the different levels in which you bring in a positive manner. If you're always late, then you get remembered as being late. I, I can't trust that. If you're if you're always fabricating the story, then you're going to be remembered by that. If you're if you're if you're looked at as certain things, if you're looked at as your quality of work is a poor quality of work all the time, then that's how you're going to be um, treated and handled. How you do anything is how you do everything. There should be a level of excellence that you want to portray in every single thing that you do. When I make eggs in the morning, I want to make the best damn scrambled eggs with cheese than anybody else. When, when, I, when I make, I, I, I tell people I make the best bacon because I take my time. I want to make sure it's flipped at the right pace. I do that in every aspect of my life. I want to make sure that I'm presentable. I want to make sure that what I'm saying is factual. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm giving you the very best of Jesse Holly in every aspect that I'm a part of and that I'm in. You ask anybody about me, they're going to tell you he's dependable. He's accountable. He's going to bring the energy. He's going to bring like everything I want. How I do anything is how I do everything. I don't want one area of my life to be to be poor. I know it becomes difficult because there's a lot of different moving parts of people's lives. But you have to make the decision. You have to begin to build those habits that how you do anything is how you do everything. And I think that will help with the continuation and the ways to get to the level of success that you so gratefully desire. You can't speak about wanting to be the best and don't put in the best work. You can't talk about about being the baddest and not putting in the dopest amount of work. You can't talk about I'm nice, I'm hot, I'm on fire, and that's not what you produce. Those who are able to say that are those who consistently put out that level 
of consistency, that level of work. So if you want to be a part of that upper echelon category, then you have to be willing to put in that work. How you do anything is how you do everything. All right, let's get into this. Cowboys defeat the New York football giants 49-17. to Another 40-burger for the Cowboys. Another dominating win for the Dallas Cowboys over the New York football giants. This team, the Giants have been dominated by Dak Prescott and company. They have not won a game in such a long time. I think it dates all the way back to 2016. I mean, we're moving to 10 years plus, uh, close to 10 years that the Cowboys have dominated the New York Giants. The days of this being a rivalry, Cowboys, Giants, that's done. That's dead. That is is so dead. That is so far packed up and moved out because it just just hasn't been. And and this Giants football team is... is, Trash. They are they are garbage. They are garbage. They're they're booty juice bad. Gooch. I. They don't they don't even get that. Like they're not even in the level of calling them booty juice now is actually giving them a compliment. That's how bad this football team is. And the Cowboys came out and dominated this football game from start to finish. They didn't play with their food. A lot of people thought, man, don't bite the cheese. You know, sometimes the Cowboys play down to their competition. The Cowboys didn't, they, they didn't play, they didn't play with their food. They got right to it. It was a little bit of a shaky start. There were some questionable things early in the football game. But once they got over that threshold, it was total domination from start to finish. Dak was dealing another 400-yard performance against this team. Five total touchdowns, one interception, which is a crazy one. No sacks. No sacks in this football game. And with this 400-yard performance, he ties Patrick Mahomes and Dan Marino as the only quarterbacks in NFL history. We're talking about history, people. We're not talking about in a division, in a conference. We're talking about in the entirety of the National Football League and all of the years of its existence, all of the quarterbacks that have come through this place. Only three in NFL history have 10 or more, uh, or no, just 10, only three. Three of them, they're tied. Dan Marino, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott are tied with 10 400-yard games in their career. The next closest to those three guys are five. And there's a line of guys who have those. You had the Peyton Manning, the Tom Brady's, the Drew Brees of the world. I think Tony Romo has a couple in there as well. But, I mean, I mean, that's a significant thing. I know that people sometimes get on, uh, get on Dak Prescott and say that he's this, he's that, but... When you go back and look at it at the end of the day, this guy's putting up some fantastic numbers, but he was dealing. I, I, I love the, the way Dak is playing quarterback right now. Like after the after the bye, they 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 were doing that. Before the bye, they were doing that Texas Coast offense, and, and it didn't work. It, it didn't seem as if it was the offense that was going to be able to propel this team to where it wanted to go, its ultimate chance to getting to the Super Bowl. After the they went to the they went to the bye, and it I, I feel like it was a conversation that was happening where he and Mike McCarthy they sat down with one another and said you got you got to take the handcuffs off. I remember even talking to two NFL former NFL quarterbacks about what do you think Dak Prescott looks like prior to the break and they said they both said the same thing. He looks um he looks like he's in handcuffs. He looks uncomfortable. And now I I like to coin this um this new brand of offense for Dak Prescott is the here we go offense. That's what he says when he comes to the line of scrimmage. Here we go. 
I think this is the here-we-go offense. You're seeing him be more open and more free, taking more shots. The game against the Giants, I called this last week, this is what we used to call the, 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 the get-right game. This is what we used to call just what the doctor ordered. This was the, the, the trip to CVS. This was the trip to Walgreens. This was the trip to Rite Aid. This was the trip to whoever had a pharmacy that was open to take a prescription of what the doctor ordered. Whatever the ailments that you had, whatever the things that you were inflicted by that was, that was, that was holding you back from being 100% whole, these are the type of games that you have where you have to get right. And we talked about it. The Cowboys got to find – you got CeeDee Lamb going. You got Jake Ferguson going. But you just have to find a way to get that third wheel going. Find a way to get Brandon Cooks cooking. Well, they found that. They, they, they found a way to get Brandon Cooks cooking to a tune of nine catches for 173 yards and a touchdown, 19 yards a carry. The Giants – and this is – Coaching malpractice, in my in my opinion, in my estimation, in my humble opinion, Wink Martindale, who is the defensive coordinator of the New York Football Giants, to me, he committed, he committed coaching malpractice. What do I mean by that? I mean, coaches in the National Football League at times can be very stubborn. They can they they have their systems, they have their what they want to approach things and call games. And I think at times it is detrimental to your football program. Um, I think it's detrimental to your football players, especially when you're not at 100%. The Giants, who have done, uh, who have had a lot of injuries this year, Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, continue to run a lot of man-to-man defense. They blitz 49% of the time, and behind that they play man-to-man. I, you, don't, you don't have the facilities, big men, to even run that. You don't have the, 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 the athletes to run that. You don't have the pieces to run that at that high of a level, especially when you're facing speed. When you're facing speed and you're trying to, you're trying to run this man-to-man offense, you need some alphas out there. You, you need some guys who you're confident enough and who has shown you the ability to play man-to-man coverage against the NFL elites. And guys like Brandon Cook, who, who in his past was a walking 1,000-yard receiver, uh, CeeDee Lamb, who was on an absolute tear right now, you can't set those guys up down in and down out as them those guys being man-to-man coverage guys. And then on top of that, you don't have the rushers up front. You don't have the guys up front. Kayvon Thibodeau, good player. He's not a dominant force. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, good player, but he's not a dominant force where he's like getting 10, 11 sacks a season. He He's not prime. Uh, Aaron Donald, he's not prime Chris Jones. Uh, he's a good player. He's a dominant player inside, but it's more, it's a different type of dominance. So when you're not, even in your blitzing, you're not being able to create enough pressure on the quarterback to make him have to make a different decision. You're now allowing the guys on the back end to have to stand up to one-on-one coverage uh, 50% of the time. And what happens 50% of the time? You're going to lose. And you're going to lose to big plays like you had. Uh, Brandon Cooks had a long of 37-yard pass. CeeDee Lamb, a 30-yard pass. Michael Gallup, a 41-yard pass. I mean, there's, there's just about over uh, almost almost over 100 yards right there in three plays. In three, in three plays right there, you've given up 108 yards. In three plays, you've given up 108 yards. 
to, 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 to the offense. And so I thought Wink Warrendale did a, did a disservice to his football team. I think he allowed his stubbornness to take over. And, and, you know, it's one thing to challenge guys or to give guys an opportunity to show themselves. It's a whole other thing to be realistic, to understand that we just don't have – we don't have we don't we don't have the dudes to do that. So maybe you should have played more zone coverage. And don't tell me you don't have zone coverage in your package. If you're a defensive coordinator and you don't have zone coverage in your defensive packages, then my God, you should not be a defensive coordinator. But to the Cowboys' credit, your stubbornness was just what the doctor ordered. Your inability to see that you don't have the facilities of players to go out there and run this type of defense gave the Cowboys an opportunity to get Brandon Cooks going. Brandon Cooks in this football game just about double, just about in one game um, superseded what he had as a total the entire season. You let that guy get going. C.D. Lamb, who broke another record. This is his third week playing football, and his third week he's had personal career highs. Uh, a couple weeks ago, it was the reception that he had in the game. Last week, it was the yardage that he had in the game. This week, he broke NFL history record for the only guy in NFL history to have three consecutive games of 10-plus catches and 150-plus yards in three consecutive games. And I love the confidence of season after the game. He said, I am, I am, I am him. I'm him. I'm the best receiver in the league. I'm like that. And he said, for those who don't believe me or those who don't feel like I am that guy, all I'll say to you guys is I'll see you guys next week because I'm going to show you again next week. And I, and I love that from C.D. Lamb. I think C.D. Lamb's found his secret sauce. I know C.D. Lamb has found his secret sauce. I know that. I, I know I know that he has. He is in a groove like you have not seen. 14 targets, 11 catches, 151 yards. Quick little side note. I love the fact that Mike McCarthy, this, this, now this is a small little tidbit that happened in the game that can sometimes go really far in an NFL locker room. The game is completely out of hand. The start of the fourth quarter is happening. You've already made the decision that my starting quarterback and others are coming out of the football game. But you hear through your headset or through someone that, hey, coach, CeeDee Lamb is eight yards away from breaking an NFL record. What does Mike McCarthy do? He said, all right, cool. I'm not sending Dak Prescott back out there. But I'm going to send Cooper Rush out there, and I'm sending CeeDee Lamb out there. And the first two plays I call by hook or by crook are going to CeeDee Lamb. And they went two plays in a row. He got nine, he got nine of the eight, he got nine yards, he needed eight, and he broke the record, and then he came out of the football game. That may not seem like a lot. It may seem like, oh, they're padding their stats. Or they're, nah, that, that's a coach realizing that a, that a special player that you are going to need. You are going to need CeeDee Lamb to stay on this type of tear if you're going to have late playoff success. Well, how do you keep guys like that happy? You do things like this. You do things like, you know what, I got you. I could pull you out this game and I could be saying, hey, we're done. You're done. You're done. But he let CD go back in there to break the record, and now CD stands alone. In, in all of the NFL history years, there's no other player outside of CD Lamb that owns the record of having three consecutive games of 10 plus receptions and over 150 yards, 150 yard plus in each one of those games. So congratulations to CeeDee Lamb. Again, Dak Prescott got out there and, and gets a record. Brandon Cooks get going. You even get the running game going. Finally, Rico Dallow was a complimentary piece 
to Tony Pollard. They had 17, uh, sorry, they had 27 combined carries in that game. 15 for Tony Pollard, 12 for Rico Dowdle. Rico Dowdle, 79 yards in his 12 carries, a 6.6 yard in the average, and got a touchdown. I know, I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, because we were all screaming, give more snap to Rico. We were saying a year ago, we were all screaming, give more snap to Pollard when, when, when Zeke Elliott was there. But I think, I think they found the right groove on how to do this. And sometimes with coaches, they need to see things happen on film, successful things happen on film. And that sometimes gives them the, the good gut feeling of, okay, yeah. Oh, these runs work for Rico Dowdle. These runs work for Tony Pollard. This is a system of how we can kind of incorporate both of those guys in there. Because I think 27 carries for a running back room for a running back is, is I think that's the sweet spot. Between 25 and 30 carries a game is where teams usually are for a running back or for a running back room. How you divvy up those carries is how you divvy up those carries. But a lot of it was Tony Pollard getting 23, 24 carries and Rico getting two carries or three carries or four carries. I, I just didn't think the distribution of the carries were, were right. And, I, and I've, I'm, I'm not going to be a hypocrite because I've said it many times before. I got 10.1 million reasons why all the snaps go to Tony Pollard. For a running back that puts him in the top four, top five of the league at, 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 at making money, in a league who does not want to pay running backs, I'm not trying to have my $10.1 million guaranteed money running back on the sideline for much of the game. I want him in there. But you're coming to a point in the season where you have to start looking at and thinking about the future of how can I have the freshest players and the, 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 the least nicked up players heading into the playoffs? Because while the Cowboys have a little bit of a a little, of a, a little bit of an easy run with, you know, Giants this week, Carolina next week, and then you play the Washington Commanders before you got to play the Seahawks and then Philadelphia again. That After that Philadelphia game, you're talking about now Philadelphia, uh, you're talking about Detroit, you're talking about Miami, you're talking about Buffalo. There's going to be a stretch where those games can beat you up a little bit. You can have to kind of play some tough football in those games. Philly's going to be a physical game. Detroit for sure is going to be a physical game. That's to end the season. So you want to have your guys as fresh as you possibly can, and I think that you you, you see that right there. This game was even to the point where they got some young guys, some looks. Jalen Brooks got four catches for 39 yards in that game. He was four for four. Jake Ferguson got his. I mean, this was, the, this was an all-out get-right game, 100%. On the defensive side, Deron Bland, I'm going to keep shouting his name. I'm going to keep shouting Deron Bland. And maybe maybe it's not his time right now to have the big-time publicity that he, that he rightfully deserves. Deron Bland, interception number five on the year, five. When dudes get between five and seven interceptions, they usually go to the Pro Bowl. I don't know, I don't know if he's going to go to the Pro Bowl this year. I don't know. I know he's playing a good brand of football. Deron Bland has 10 interceptions since entering the league in 2022. Think about that. 10. 10 interceptions. Like, if you if you kept this pace, if you kept a five-interception pace and at least a pick six in each one of those deals and you play the next 10 years, he's talking about having somewhere along 50, 50 interceptions, 
You'll, you'll, you'll have um, 10 plus picks back for a touchdown. I mean, that, that, those numbers, you start looking at some of your, start looking at some of your Hall of Fame DBs. I'm not saying that Ron Bland is going to have five. He might have five every year. I don't know. He's off to a hell of a start right now. He has five in this season. He has uh, three pick sixes this year. Two or three pick sixes this year. He's playing a great band of football. You saw guys, um, Fowler got off. Uh, Osa Digizua got off. Neville got Neville Gallimore. You had a you had a really good game. You had a really good game, my boy. Unfortunately, um, you played for free. And the reason you played for free because late in that football game, um, you you were coming in and you got a little bit low on the quarterback. Justin Pugh, their starting left guard, didn't like it. He kind of shoved you while you was on the ground. And while you were on the ground, you proceeded to kick him near the junk. And when you kicked him near the junk, the referee caught you. It's always the second guy that they catch and threw you out of the game. So that's probably going to mean that there was some unsportsmanlike something in there. Well, not probably. There was an unsportsmanlike thing in there. And the way that the NFL, which is another conversation that we need to have. I don't know if we're going to have it today. But maybe we're going to have it the next show. In fact, we are going to have it the next show. Because there are, there are some, there's some very questionable things happening in the National Football League in regards to these fines. I, they're stealing. The NFL, they, they got the poo shiesties. We'll get into that later on. But they got the poo shiesties on. Neville Gallimore, it wasn't no poo shiesty in this one. Kick a man in his groin. Kick a man in his junk. You're going to get fined. So you probably played for the free. 99 in this game, but, I mean, what, what a great job. You helped this defense hold the Giants to 27 yards of total offense in the first half. Five sacks, an interception. I mean, overall, overall they had less than 200 yards of total offense. They didn't even have over 100 yards passing. Tommy DeVito, we all heard Tommy DeVito's story. He's the backup to the backup. He's a Jersey kid. Shout out to him. Um, still lives at home with mom and dad. Mom makes his bed. Mom makes cut chicken cutlets. <laughs> Shout out to the chicken cutlet crew. Um, but, yeah, he, he, he was under siege all game long. Um, and it was coming from all areas. One person. One person. Who name you didn't hear all game long. And I mean, didn't even show up on the stat sheet. Michael Parson. Michael Parson didn't even show up on the stat sheet. Not assist. Not a solo. Not a tackle for loss. Not a sack. He didn't even show up on the stat sheet. And you guys know I, I I don't mind a little spicy in life. In fact, I look for the spicy. I'm not messy, but I do look for the spice. And there's something to keep an eye on. Spicy alert. Woo, woo, woo. Spicy alert. Woo, woo, woo. Messy alert. Woo, woo, woo. After the game is over, if you remember a couple of weeks ago during the spicy alert, um, Sam Williams put out a tweet and he talked about free me. And, I mean, Sam Williams has had his run-in with the laws, but he wasn't locked up. Sam Williams, you have had your run-in with the, with the authorities. But he wasn't locked up. 
I took the last sandwich and said, hey, I, I need some more. I, I need I, Free me. Let me go out there and rush the passer. Sam Williams in this game had a sack, I believe. Yes, had a sack, had a tackle for loss, two solo tackles. Before Sam Williams put that out, uh, well, Sam Williams put that out, and, and before Micah Parsons responded to that, Micah Parsons put out, never in my life have I been speechless. And we know that's for sure. I talk a lot, Micah, but boy, <laughs> you talk a lot. Rightfully so. This is America. You have a right. <laughs> what is the Second Amendment? What is the Second Amendment? Yeah, Second Amendment. You use it. You use all of it. So do I. The pot calling the kettle black. But Sam Williams puts that tweet out. Micah, Williams, Micah Parsons then quote tweets the tweet that Sam Williams put out. Sam Williams put out a tweet that said, Forget free me, I'll just break the cage. Kind of saying, like, I don't need you to free me, I'm gonna go get my own. You don't you don't have to you don't have to scheme me up to go get the quarterback. I'm gonna go get him myself. Micah quote tweeted that and said, Well, if they ain't gonna free you, then at least free me. First Amendment, actually, bro. First Amendment, sorry, second amendment is the right to bear arms. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> First Amendment is the freedom of speech. Second Amendment, the right to bear on. Excuse me, I, I don't need all. Of, I don't. I don't. I don't need the rights of America to come after me. We fixed it. We we fixed it. Pew pew. But I think Mike is a little bit of a. There's a little bit of a salty alert to not get on the stat sheet at all. And I get it, Micah. I get it. I understand where you're coming from right now, my boy. You like 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 CD Lamb was a couple weeks ago. You understand that you're in a contract year. You want to make all the possible money that you can make. And how can you solidify that? Well, one, if you win defensive player of the year, there is no, com there is no conversation. If you win defensive player of the year, then it's basically you have an open checkbook to write your number. But as you currently sit right now, because you do have rabbit ears, you do hear it all. And you comment on it all. You give your opinion on it all. So I'm going to give my opinion. I think you hear the names of likes like uh, Max Crosby. I think you hear the names of like Miles Garrett. I think you hear the names of guys like TJ Watt. I think you hear the, the names like Nick Bosa again. Coming into that conversation as defensive player of the year. And I think you don't hear your name as much in that conversation anymore. Still think you are one of the most dominant players in the league. I think that. But I think you don't hear your name amongst that conversation. And that bothers you a little bit. I don't know if I, I don't know if, if subliminally voicing that, and maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, fine. I apologize. But if but sub, but putting subliminals out as if you are upset about that after your team just beat a team by 32 points doesn't seem very teamish. Doesn't seem very. I want to like, and, and I've said this before. When it comes to Micah, I, I think Micah has a little bit of selfishness in him. I think Micah wants to be great. I think Micah works to be great, rightfully so. 
I think Michael also is like, listen, I'm going to go get mine. And if it just so happens to impact our team in a positive manner, then I'm great. Then I'm good. I'm okay with it. But if it doesn't, then I, I'm, I, I'm a little bit pouty and I'm doing subliminals. Now, maybe I could be wrong or you could be saying, you know what, I need to get free because the referees aren't calling holding or they're double and triple teaming me and all that kind of stuff. They do the same thing to T.J. Watt. Do the same thing to Miles Garrett. They do the same thing to Nick Bosa. They do the same thing to Miles, Max Crosby. You, you're, you, what you are seeing down in and down out is no different from this, guys. It isn't. Those guys get held. Those guys get double teamed. Those guys get triple teamed. And I know that you still create pressures, but this week, you, you I, I get it. You want to sound like, man, this was a game where I was supposed to go pad my stats. I was supposed to go get back in the conversation of sack. Because, let's be honest, the def Defensive Player of the Year award goes to the guy who has the most sacks. Right? It's, it, it goes to the guy who really has the most sacks. And if you're not in that conversation, then you kind of basically almost eliminate yourself unless you unless you have a, a a crazy amount of like interceptions or you have a crazy amount of fumble recoveries that lead to touchdowns then that can kind of you know supplement those other sack numbers that may not be present but we all know the defensive player of the year award goes to the guy who gets the most sacks either you get the most sacks or you have a stefan gilmore year where you're just absolutely on fire and you have the most interceptions but I don't know. We'll see. Rashawn Evans got some snaps for the Cowboys. Have to make a decision with him. Somebody's going to have to uh, lose their starting starting spot, their roster spot, because Rashawn Evans, once you get signed to the practice squad, you have three elevations that you can have before you have to make a decision. So the Cowboys are now faced with the decision on what are we going to do with Rashawn Evans? Are we going to um, release him or keep him on the practice squad? But doesn't matter. However you want to break it down, someone's going to have to lose their job on the 53-man roster right now in order for Rashawn Evans to be active. Got to go. Who that will be, don't know. Don't know who that's going to be, but somebody you'll hear in the near future if they decide to keep him. Now, they can say, you know what, Rashawn Evans, thank you for your services. Uh, back to the streets that you go. But someone's going to have to uh, give up that shot, that spot. But the Cowboys win another game, takes them to six and three. You know, they they I call this preseason game number four, and they have preseason game number five against the one and eight, one and nine, I think now. Carolina Panthers, bad football team. Just what the doctor ordered. Micah, if you're feeling some kind of wet, you get one more week. You get another week to go out there and be able to wreak havoc against a bad football team, against a quarterback who's not really good. And Bryce Young, prepare. I know that you're going to be doing your podcast, and maybe you'll speak on it. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll throw some more subliminal shots at whoever. But this team goes as you go. This team goes as you go, especially defensively. You have to be the catalyst. Continue to, continue to empower those guys. Continue to, to, to put yourself in a position to be a leader whether you're impacting the game by, by the numbers, by the sacks, or just being out there saying, All right, I don't care what happened, my guys got off. We saw highlights from Mozzie, 
from Neville, from Dorrance, from Sam, J-Ron. I mean, I mean, everybody was getting into the mix. You had one, two. Uh, Neville had a sack. Dorrance Armstrong had a sack. Sam Williams had a sack. Dante Fowler had a sack. Demarcus Lawrence had a sack. All your guys got busy. Doesn't always have to be you. Sometimes being a really good leader means the other guys can get busy, and I support that. You should support that. All right? Cowboys win 49-17. They put that Giants team away as they should have. Those guys are looking for the exits uh, for the season. They're ready to pack it up. They're ready to go home. Cowboys have another one next week, can take this thing to 7-3 and three before they get to kind of the nitty-gritty of their tail end of the season. Um, another get-right game next week. Get healthy this week. Practice some this week. Offensive line look good. And just do it all again next week. All right, let's move around to around sports, around the sports world. I, I, I got to give credit where credit is due. Shout out to the Vegas Raiders. You guys did it again. It, was, it wasn't pretty against the New York Jets, but you got it done. Antonio Pierce wins his second game in a row. I guess if he, if, if he continues at this pace, they may offer him the job. Maybe. I mean, don't mess this one up, Mark Davis. But what you see from this Raiders football team, you see a bunch of guys who are just happy to play football. Winning helps 100%. Winning absolutely helps. But you see a jubilant locker room. You see guys smile. I haven't seen Devontae, Devontae Adams smile all season. He hasn't smiled all season. The last two weeks? The incisors and the bicuspis? He's showing them all. Josh Jacobs, good set of chompers. He paid the 40 G's. Good set of chompers on you by you. Another complete sidebar. What, what a pet peeve of mine. I hate, and I do mean this with a passion, and I know I shouldn't use the word hate, but it is my First Amendment right to say whatever the hell I want to on my show. Pew, pew. That's my Second Amendment right to shoot shots at y'all. Pew, pew. That's a judge don't know the right between First Amendment and Second Amendment. I'm an American. I'm an American. Pew, pew. It is my First Amendment right to say that I hate athletes of any kind, of any race, of any sport, of any gender, who makes the amount of money that I know professional athletes make, and you got a yuck mouth. I can't stand it. If you can go and buy a Cuban Link, if you can go and buy a Range Rover, if you can go and get the Shador, Shador. This is the Shador. If you can go get the Ameri jeans, if you can go get some of this weird fashion that y'all wear, the red bottoms, if you can go get the 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 the, the Gucci, the Fendi, the Louis, the Pro, if you can go and get all of that, and your joints is foul, I hate it. 
I hate it. I hate it with a passion. Go get your tea. And I'm not saying you got to go get the veneers. You don't got to go get the veneers because some of y'all got actually that nice teeth. Go see a dentist. Don't come in there. You got all the chains and charms. You got the Van Cleefs. You got the all that. And, and your bicuspis is foul. And your incisors are crooked. And you got halitosis and gingivitis. You got bad breath that gum and mints ain't taken care of. WNBA, NBA, NFL, MLB, softball, soccer, pool, bowling. I don't give a damn. Go get your mouth worked on. It's healthy for you. I'm not saying you got to have the $40,000 veneers. It shouldn't like, you shouldn't have the butterfront row. You can't have a $10,000 bag on your arm and your joints foul. All right, that's my side, that's my sidebar on that. Josh Jacobs, he took care of his joints. He, nice chompers, Josh. Nice chompers. But the Raiders win again. Antonio Pierce wins two games in a row. Interesting thing, that they, interesting thing they talked about on the game. They said that Josh Jacobs was asked by the coaches to write down, Josh, hey, listen, brother, you are, you are a captain. You are a lead dog. We are running through you. This offense is going through you and Devontae Adams. Give me 10, 15 of your favorite runs. And Josh said, I gave him to him. We ran him. We ran a lot last week. He said, did the same thing. He said, I hadn't had that since John Gruden was here. My second amendment right, take more shots at Josh, Josh McDaniels. Pew, pew. My second amendment right to bear arms. Pew, pew, pew. Josh McDaniels, you horrible football coach. Pew, 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 pew. My first amendment right to say whatever I want to say to y'all. And my second amendment right to take shots. Pew, 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 pew. I got the right to bear arms. But Josh Jacobs said, I, it's working for us. And Antonio Pierce continues to uh, implore his football team and, and tell them, listen, we're not blinking. And it, it ain't always going to be right. It ain't always going to be pretty, but we did not blink. And when you have a belief from your head coach and the players who play the game, you get a different level. You get guys who always believe and never quit in you. They don't blink. So shout out to the Raiders for continuing on their success with another win. Josh McDaniels' daddy, pack him up. Bill Belichick, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bill. And, and, and I say this to you respectfully. I do. I say this to you with a level of respect, of high regard for what you've done for the National Football League. Bill, you have had the opportunity to, most players and most coaches can't say this, you've had personal stamps that you have put on on arguably two of the greatest players to ever play the game. Not, not just an era, for an entirety 
of the league. You personally put your stamp on the great Tar Heel himself. Go Heels. Lawrence Taylor. And you personally put the stamp in the hands on Tom Brady. You've won eight between the Bills, between the, the, the Patriots and the Giants, Super Bowls. You've been coaching the year three times. I, I mean, your coaching tree goes all the way back to 1975. You've been doing this for over 40 years. Brother, you, you are solidified as one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. Your time is up. Your time is up. And I get it. Jesse, how dare you speak on that man like that? Respectfully. Coach Belichick. But you have come to a place, and it happens. The greats come to a place. Coach Roy Williams. Mike Krzyzewski. Some of the greats to ever coach the game. Jim Behan. You come to a place where, yeah, we, we were the greatest at what we did. But then your message begins to fall on deaf ears around the new generation of players. Your ways that once worked don't work anymore. Your strategies, your, 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 your coaching abilities, you can't coach your way around Mac Jones. You can't coach your way around Bailey Zappi. You pick these guys. And, and I have to point the finger to you because not only are you the head coach, you're the GM as well. So every guy on this roster, is not like, it's, not like, it's not like Mike McCarthy where you got to just take the guy that Jerry Jones gave you because he's the GM. No, you pick these guys. You saw these guys and in your mind, you had a plan for them. In your heart, you believed that Matt Jones was the guy for you. Why else would you take him? GM, head coach. Matt Jones wasn't forced upon you. You willingly went to take him. You accepted him. You wanted him. And there comes a point in time in every man's life, this game is 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 a very unforgiving game. Some get a chance to gracefully bow out and walk away. Some, you have to kick out. Some injuries just take you out. You have done more than enough. Again, eight Super Bowl wins. Six as a, uh, six as a head coach, two as an assistant. 12 Super Bowl appearances. Nine as a head coach. The most playoff wins as a head coach, 31. The most playoff appearances as a head coach, 19. You're tied. Most divisional championships as a head coach. You've done a, you've done a lot. You've had a great career. That's, that's my producer, Taylor, in the corner dying right now. If you hear him coughing in the background, that's him dying. But, Bill, we, we, we got to pack you up, my boy. 
I know that there's rumors right now that at the end of the year, maybe some point in time this during the year, that you and Robert Kraft have to have a conversation. And Robert Kraft, you've been on Easy Street for a while. You, you helped create a dynasty. I love the fact that you got out the way and said, hey, when you cooking, you cooking. I'm out your way, Bill. What do you need? You've made my franchise into a dynasty. I, I, was, I was into the paper company. I, I, got, I, I, was, I had paper factories. Then I got the Gillette Razors and stuff like that. Then I got a football team. And I gave you the reins. And you turned my franchise into one of the most recognizable franchises in the National Football League. Delivering championships. But Bill, sorry buddy. Your time is up, man. Your time is up. What's happening to Mac Jones is is a direct reflection of you. What's happening to Mac Jones is a direct reflection. You can't dodge that bullet, my boy. That's on you. This is your boy. This is your dude. I, I Respectfully, my guy. I respectfully Bill Belichick, but it's time. You have a lovely boat. You have uh, multiple vacation properties. You're 71 years old. You had a good run. Go, 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 go be a grandpa. Go chill with your dogs. And, and, and just this thing, this I'm I'm packing you up. Sorry. I'm packing you up. I packed you up. I packed Justin Fields up and the Bears up. I'm packing you up too, my boy. So so hopefully going forward, that uh that 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 Bill will find he will find that the next portion of his life is greater than the last portion of his life because this portion of the football career is kind of come to an end. But whose career is coming to a start? Oh, it is on fire. C.J. Stroud. I'm a fan, C.J. I'm a fan, my brother. You are off to a historic start. C.J. Stroud, quarterback of the Houston, Texas, with the number two overall pick out of Ohio State. You're breaking a generational curse right now. I don't know if this will last forever, but right now, they always talked about Ohio State. They produce quarterback, but they never do anything inside the league. You are changing that narrative. Last week, you had a 470-yard game, five touchdowns, a QBR of 147.8. It was the highest in NFL history by a rookie. Right now, you have a 15 to two touchdown to interception ratio. You have your football team at five and nine. The Houston Texans have not won four, more than four games in a season since 2019. CJ Stroud, you are on fire. And sometimes they say, well, you're not really playing anybody. Last week, you went up against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. What did he do? He said, I'll just throw for 356. And I'll drive my team down, and we'll win a football game. The confidence that is spewing from this kid is one of great leadership. I love to watch him play. He is poised. He is confident. He has a skill set. And they tried to, they, they, they tried to, and this is the part, when you, when you want to speak about the race part of football, 
They tried to bury my boy because they said he didn't test well at the combine. They keep putting these tests and asking these weird questions at the combine. It has nothing to do with football. He didn't do well in the test. And he told me, listen, bro, I'm not a test taker. If what you, when you sat down with the clicker in the film room and you watched the film, if what you saw on the film and what you saw in meeting with him and talking to him, if that wasn't enough, I don't need no test to tell me whether he's a good football player or not. Because I'm sure there are many football players who have come before him and who have taken that test and who have, who have scored tremendously and, 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 and pissed down their leg on the football field. C.J. Stroud is, is, is phenomenal. I'm a fan. I'm, you, you have brought an excitement back. And he, he had a comment that he said about three or four weeks ago, and I, it stuck with me. And he said to the Houston Texans fans, he said, I want you to be proud of the team you represent. He said, I, I, my job is to make sure that when you put on those T-shirts and you walk out on the street, that what's on that, that Houston Texan that's on that T-shirt means something. That we're not a laughing stock. That people can't look at you like, oh, you must have got that from the Goodwill store or the thrift store. That no, you put on a Houston Texans T-shirt and it actually you wore it with pride. And I thought to myself, man, what a mature thing to say. That you want the fan base to feel proud about the football team that they represent on the hats and the t-shirts and the bumper stickers and the mugs and the keychains that they wear in the city of Houston and outside the city of Houston, all over Texas and beyond. A mature thing to say. CJ Stroud, my brother, you are, you are, for right now, football is very fluid. But you are playing at a level right now, man, that is that is honorable and admirable for a rookie. For a rookie. And you're doing some great things, man. Two interceptions as a rookie? The Houston Texans have not had a season since 2019 where they won more than four games. They're halfway through the season. They got five wins. Whatever, whatever the prediction was for C.J. Stroud, I think he's already, for, for the season, this season, Whatever the prediction was, I think he's already superseded that. With his performances, with his ability, he beat a good, the Bengals, is a, they're a good football team. He went toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow, one of the quarterbacks that y'all say are the elites. Congrats to you, C.J. Stroud. You, you are playing some, 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 some great, great football, and that, that, that deserves a round of applause. You know who else is playing some great football? And this, this, I, I, I can't, I don't understand it. I can't, I can't tell you how. But Josh Dobbs, salute to you, my man. Josh Dobbs started the year in Cleveland, bounced around to Arizona, was traded to Minnesota. This is a guy who's been a journeyman out of the University of Tennessee. He's had two stints with the with with with, with um, the Steelers. He's been with the Titans. He's been with the Jaguars. I mean, he's been with the he's been all over the National Football League. And he's come in and he's won two games for the Minnesota Vikings, who, by the way, 
are one of the hottest football teams in the league. Five-game winning streak by the Minnesota Vikings. That's with Kirk Cousins and without Kirk Cousins. And Josh Dobbs just keeps coming in and with the level of professionalism. You don't know how hard it is to be a quarterback and to come in a system that you have no idea about. To come into a place where you don't know. They, they showed during the game that when, when Josh Dobbs got off the elevator at the stadium, they had to have a security guard show him to the locker room. <laughs> That's how new he is to Minnesota. A security guard had to walk Dobbs from dropping his car off into the stadium to show him just where the locker room is because that's how new he is to the organization. He didn't know where the locker room was at. I doubt that he still figured out everyone's name. He might know all the offensive guys, but I, I promise you there's some guy on defense. He'd be like, ah, number 47, right? Number 40, I don't know your name. Uh, 36, I, 30, I know you're number 30. What's your name? Keith. Ah, Keith, yes, I got you. I'm, I'm going to remember that. Keith, number 37, I got you. But he goes out and engineers uh, another victory. Space engineer, what is it? Space dynamic, I don't know what he is. He's NASA. Smart kid. But, but I think... What you've seen Josh Dobbs do in his time in, in Arizona, I know they only won one game against the Cowboys, but even in Arizona, he made them competitive every week. Comes to Minnesota, helps them continue their five-game winning streak. He may have found a home in Minnesota. If I'm a coach in Minnesota, because you don't even know what you're going to do next year with quarterback. I signed Josh Dobbs to a deal, two-year, $15 million deal, $10 million deal, somewhere along those lines, where I say, I'm going I'm to I'm lock you up for a little while. I'm not going to let you because you, you never you never know you need a backup quarterback until you need a backup quarterback. That's when you know. Because nobody plans not to have their starter. No one plans for that. There's no there's no real plan for that. Like you you can talk about it, but there's no real plan where when you're when the most recognizable and the most important guy in your franchise goes down. I think Josh Dobbs have made himself some money. And there there might not be maybe maybe kicker or punter, but it's too much pressure. It's too much pressure to be a punter, a kicker, but punter, maybe a punter than a backup quarterback job. I can go and play 20 years. My favorite, one of my favorite NFL players of all time, of all time. Of all time. Chase Daniels. Chase made about $40 million. I think Chase took um, 15 snaps. <laughs> Backup quarterback, man, you hold that clipboard. That's important. It's an important role. You can make a lot of money, play for a long time, buy a lot of houses, get your teeth fixed. That's another thing. Sorry. Try to go back to this. But the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, it's the best insurance. The best insurance. I mean, you get top-of-the-line insurance. No, you walk into any dentist, any DDS in the country with your NFL, NBA insurance card, bro, 
No one's saying we don't take that. No one's saying that. No one. I don't know. I'm just saying, man. Get your, get your teeth fixed. Shout out to Josh Dobbs. His teeth look good. His teeth look like his game. Pretty good. So, um, the MCDC, the Motor City Dan Campbells. Dan Campbell makes me want to do 25 push-ups for no reason. I, I got to make sure I say this right because, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be in, in history. This goes on YouTube. Like, subscribe, leave a comment. So I have to make sure I, because y'all will pull this back up like, well, you said. I am thoroughly impressed with Gan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. They are going to surprise a lot of people this year in the playoffs. They're going to the playoffs. But what I seen in that game yesterday, Sunday, I saw a team reverse the roles in in which they used to play. A year ago, the Lions lost seven games of three points or less in the fourth quarter. They were one of the most unlucky teams in the league. Would fight hard all game, and then at the end, give up the draws and lose the game. And it, it was a point yesterday where that where, where you talk about the proverbial monkey getting the proverbial monkey off your back. Yesterday in that game, and I'm going to give you the scenario. It's a 38-38 game. It's the Detroit Lions versus Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers. A back-and-forth game. I love the fact that Jared Goff had an answer for everything that, that Justin Herbert did. The elite of the elite quarterbacks, they say, and Justin Herbert. And the journeymen that nobody wanted anymore, they shipped them off to Detroit. Jared Goff answered. And you see this team taking on the, the, the confidence of their coach. Shout out to Ben Johnson, which I found out a couple weeks ago was my teammate at Carolina. Another Tar Heel doing things in the National Football League. But it was in this scenario that you saw the proverbial monkey being pulled off the backs of the Detroit team, the Detroit fan base, the Detroit Lions as a whole. Fourth quarter, a minute and 46 seconds left to go in the game. Fourth and two. Now, at this point in time on the field, the Detroit Lions are in field goal range in a 38-38 football game. This should be a kick that every kicker in the National Football League should be able to make. It should be. And you say, hey, kick the ball right here, Coach Campbell. You go up three. You give the ball back to the Chargers with maybe about a minute or so, minute 20 left. And you see if your defense can make a stop. 
But year, but game after game, year after year, uh, the Detroit Lions had always come up on the short end of the stick. And Dan said, this is the moment. This is one of those defining moments that when you go back and you look on the season, you say, this is where we decided no more. No more of us coming up short at the end of the games. No more of, of, of us not being able to finish these football games. No more of us losing these football games that we should have won. That we've earned the right to win. Yes. Earn the right to win. Detroit, you are the Motor City. You are the blue collar. You are the lunch pail hard hats of America. That's the Detroit Lions. And you had come up short years and years and years in these moments. And Dan Campbell said, fourth quarter, fourth and two, I'm in field goal range, a minute and 46 seconds left, we're going for it. Ooh, that just, we're going for it. That, that excites me. That's a coach who has unwavering belief in the guys that he coaches. And it seems like nothing to most people, but there are guys in that locker room saying, like, you believed in me for us to go for it. They go, they convert. A couple more plays, they get to fourth down again. They kick the field goal with no time left to win a game on the road against the Chargers. That is... That's good football, ladies and gentlemen. That's playoff football. Everything like this Cowboys 49-17, that, that, that's not the NFL. These 30-point blowouts are not the NFL. It's games like this, three points, six points, four points. That is the overall arching majority in the league. You got to win those games. It's easy when you're up 32 points. It's tough when it's nut-cutting time, and it matters. And this Detroit football team, led by his coach, Dan Campbell, is, is, is putting on um, a, a display that I, I am, I, I am I'm happy for them. I, I am. I, I really am happy for them. Uh, and the Cowboys will have to see them at the end of the year, but it is what it is. So shout-out to the Detroit Lions, the the MCDCs, the Motor City fighting Dan Campbells. Salute to all of you guys. To college football. If you are broke, like me, um, this is about to make you feel even broker. Texas A&M. This your people. That's Tay-Tay people. Has fired their head coach after six seasons, Jimbo Fisher. I feel like, you know, if you've ever seen Paid in Full, you know, people get fired every day, B. <laughs> people get fired every day, B. They fired me a couple weeks ago at my other job. People get fired every day, B. But people don't get fired and are owed 76 million dollars with an M people Texas A&M University with the firing of Jimbo Fisher will have to pay him 70 the 76 million dollars that are remaining on 
his contract. Oh, by the way, they fired another coach to sign Jimbo Fisher, Kevin Sumlin. They're still paying him as well. So Texas A&M was probably paying the upwards of $90 million, maybe $100 million, to coaches who are no longer there. It's clearly over $80 million. To coaches who are not even on campus. Talk about failing up. Some of y'all, like me, check engine light on. And they fired this joker and owe him 70. And, and, and that, get it, rightfully so, their AD came out and said, well, we, we're making these changes because we feel like our program is supposed to be a relevant program nationally. Talking about their football program, and we're not. And some changes had to be made. Let me give you the record of Jimbo Fisher over his six seasons. 45 and 25 in that record. They even extended, they, they gave Jimbo an extension because some other schools were kind of like, hey, we want to come take him away like y'all took him away from Florida State. But in, that, in those six seasons, in that, in that 45 and 25 record six season, he has zero SEC championships. He has zero 10-win seasons. Has a couple nine-win seasons, but he has zero 10-win seasons. He has zero SEC championships. He has zero college football playoff appearances in that time. He has he has recruited 70. See, sometimes you think, well, Jesse, maybe it wasn't a talent, a talent disparity. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Jumbo recruited 70 ESPN top 300 players. 70 top 300 players in the country. Fourth most behind Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. All of which have appeared in at least one national championship game in that time frame. To add matters to that, because he had talent, in 2022, he had the number one recruiting class in the country. Huh. Talk about failing up. So Jimbo, I don't know where Jimbo's going after this. But whatever the hell he's going, like, like, just take a moment and think about that. Like, he got fired and is owed what they will probably have to pay two more coaches. I mean, I mean, the top coaches right now are getting paid $11 million a year. I think that's Nick Saban. $76 million that Texas A&M has to pay out to Jimbo Fisher. What an absolute Failure. What an absolute fellow about Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher. But then now they're going to have to hire another coach. And you just can't, at, at Texas A&M in the SEC, where now you're about to add, and now with Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC, the new coach that you're going to have to hire, that's going to cost you an excess of probably somewhere, I don't know how you're going to break that down. Five years, four years, five years, twenty at least twenty to thirty million dollars. So between the seventy-six that you owe Jimbo, 
You you pay Kevin Sumlin a little bit over ten. That's eighty six. Now you're gonna have to pay. You're gonna have to pay um, your your new head coach. That's gonna have to be the upwards of twenty million. Oh, hundred million dollars. And they're probably gonna. I would. I mean, they're probably gonna Bobby Bonilla this thing. Cause seventy six. That's a. I mean, I I don't care how and, and the Texas A M alum and boosters and, and all those folks. Oil must be good right now, Tay. Oil must be good right now. I know that we got some wars going on, but oil money must be good right now. Business is booming in the oil factory. Because for the alum to sign off on this, for the boosters to sign off on this, and now they got to come up with $76 million? That's tough. That's tough. And, and then now, who, who is the next candidate? I've heard Dan Lanning from uh, from Oregon. I've even heard a little bit of the fight, the Motor City fighting Dan Campbell's. I don't, I don't think Dan Campbell's going to leave Detroit and come coach college football. Dan Campbell and college football don't seem like they go hand in hand. I know, I know they have the tie with Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn because that's alum. But there's a lot that goes into coaching at the college level. It ain't just in the NFL. I could just coach. I got scouts that scout. We put up the boards. We draft, we move on. I ain't got time to be worrying about some pimple-faced 18-year-old mom calling me and asking why my kid's not playing. I don't have time to worry about did he go to class today or not. I don't have time to worry about are we eligible. I don't have time to worry about the rules and regulations. I don't have time to be in somebody's snot-nosed grandma living room trying to tell, convince their kid that this is the best place for you to go. It's tough for Dan Campbell to want to do that now. Now, money, everyone has a price. Everyone has a price. Dan Campbell's making a little bit over $4 million in the National Football League. You smack a couple hundred dollar bills in his face, say, hey, we're going to pay you $15 million in, in college. Might change a man's mind. I don't know. But whoever got the money in Texas A&M, can I hold a couple dollars? I, 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 just need, um, I just need to pay a credit card off. I need to get my check engine light off. And we good. Let your boy hold a couple dollars. All right, man. I'll end this uh, two things in the NBA. Tyrese Maxey is him. I love the fact that Daryl Morey said, you know what? Buy James Harden. Tyrese Maxey, a 50-point game the other night. Tyrese is him. Tyrese is him. I like this kid from the DFW area. He is he, – he, the, the face of the NBA is in good hands. Tyrese Maxey is, is going to be a name that we all hear about going forward. He has the ability to score from all angles. He, he has a layup package, mid-range, three ball. He's quick. He's fast. He plays defense. He buys in. Like, this is going to be a kid that I think him and Joel Embiid paired together. You need one more. I think you need one more. I think you need one more in Philadelphia. But Tyrese Maxey is him. And then I love the fact that uh, Anthony Edwards, my favorite player uh, now in the NBA, uh, I used to be Devin Booker. But now it's Anthony Edwards. Uh, had a terrific game against the, the Warriors. And Anthony Edwards and Draymond Green got into it. Anthony Edwards gets a steal, go down a fast break. Draymond fouls him hard, and they get into a little a word exchange. And, and Draymond is doing Draymond stuff, and he's trying to kind of get in the head of guys. And I, I just don't you – can't, you can't rattle Ant Edwards. One, I, I think I, – I do. I think this young boy, Draymond, I know you from Saginaw. And all that kind of good stuff. I think that boy from Georgia, 
You're going to have to make a dentist appointment. He'll chip one of these. I think Aunt, I think Aunt, I think Aunt will chip one of your bicuspids, one of your incisors. I think he might chip one. He ain't he, he not like he not light skinned. You're not gonna do him like you did John Poole. If you were light skinned and you you feel offended, hey, hey, my first amendment right, I can say that you light skinned, and if you feel offended, my first amendment right. My second amendment right, I can take shots at light skinned people. Pew, pew. Cause I have the right. I have the first amendment right. To say what I want, I have the Second Amendment right to bear arms and take shots pew, pew, to all my light-skinned folks. Um, but yeah, and Edwards, 33 points, defeated the Warriors. And I just, I like this kid. This kid is tough. He got game. He is authentically him. And, and the face of the NBA is all right. The face of the NBA is all right. And Edwards is, um, he's, he's, I think he's 10th in the league in scoring. He's 5th in the league. Um, and assists. I like that kid, man. I like that kid. All right, man, that's all I got. I'm out of here, man. Thank you all for being a part of this show. Thank you for always locking in with your boy, Jay Holly. Like, subscribe, hit the notification button, tell a friend to tell a friend. Remember that I'm always going to be here for you if you ever need me. I don't have A&M money, so please do not ask to borrow none. But if you need a lending ear, I, I will definitely be there for you. Tell a friend to tell, like, subscribe, do all that kind of good stuff. Matt, Mr. Fourth Along on, on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Fanatic Views, which you can find on YouTube, on Apple, on Spotify. Unfiltered with Jesse Holly should be a part of your everyday listening. Put me in the rotation. Make me a part of your, your, your podcast family. I'm worth it. Please. I'm your boy. Remember, never let anyone tell you that their life is better than yours because... It is your life. I love you. Eliminate the contingencies. I'm out.